you've survived another week. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the Urban Shooter Podcast. This is episode number 308. Jackson for Lieutenant Governor. Barbara Baird is back and she interviews Nikki Turpo. American, Black, and Personal History Part 2. News and two interviews. Ron Larimer and the guys from Crusader Weaponry. All this and a surprise new ending coming up next on the Urban Shooter Podcast. Podcast sponsored by CrossbreedHolsters.com, Nova Armament Gun Shop in Hernan, Virginia, and Patriots like you. This is episode number 308. I'm no Bobby Caldwell, but I gave it my best. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the Urban Shooter Podcast. Yep, this is your friend and your brother, Ken Blanchard. I'm so glad you decided to roll with a brother one more time. I'm hoping that your week is going well. And if not, it will get better. I guarantee it. If you're out there pushing snow and shoveling and trying to get a good way through, keep on going, but be careful out there. I'm your personal encourager trying to help you make it through another week. Going to pull John Wayne in right early. 
start us off with our Pledge of Allegiance, and then we're going to get on with the episode. How about that? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Well, here I am, one more time. I've learned since I've been home that uh, days go faster when you don't have a job. But I am working. I'm working hard. I'm trying to make phone calls and recording, trying to up my speaking engagements and voice over appointments and all that stuff. So I'm working for me right now, trying to do the best I can with what I got left. Now I learned that uh, Blue Jays like dog food. My house is cleaner. I wash clothes and do all that stuff so the wife don't know what to do when she gets home. Hey, you heard about the Pope resigning? Ain't that something? That hasn't happened in 700 years. I think I'm going to submit my name as a candidate. So since Pope Benedict, the was it 16th, is the 265th Pope, uh, he's also the sovereign of the Vatican City State and leader of the Catholic Church, uh, maybe I can put my name in for the big hat. Last week I was trying to get my wife to... Uh, let me go to California for a couple of weeks so I can do some manhunting for that former LAPD officer turned murderous felon, Christopher Dorner. And I got a news flash about him. That's one big mug. He's probably driving around in a Fiat somewhere and nobody noticed. Dude killed three people and scared about a hundred. I could use that one million dollar bounty though. I think my son's school loans come to about that much. That dude's going to be broke for life. Oh, Breaking news, they got that dude in a shootout in a Waco-style house searching, so we know how that's going to end. It's that Valentine's Day season, and uh, folks throw around the word sexy a lot, so I thought I'd talk about it for a hot second. You know, sex was my hobby once, almost like a profession. I was a bit obsessive. I always try to do the stuff the best I can, you know, like go big or go home, right? So I was talking to my son, kind of giving him an updated version of the birds and the bees and just trying to give him the benefit of some of my stupidity and my gang wisdom. And I was sharing how important life is and how we as men waste a lot, a lot of our life chasing skirts and hot pursuit of sex, but not love. And that I didn't value the right things in the beginning. Don't you be like that. I finally got myself together after years. But it's communication that's more important than anything. The lack of communication, the reasons folks separate and get angry and have this discombobulated whatever. But if you can talk, you can go so much further. But it's not just gabbing. You can just talk and talk and talk to hear yourself speak. I mean, really communicate. Get your message across. Then you do like I did. Back in the day, I had more sex than a porn star. But today, that doesn't get you anywhere. That to get you sick, actually, and make you get you a death sentence sometimes. Not important. I want to thank all you guys that gave me nice suggestions and recommendations and encouragement this week on phone calls and emails. Really appreciate it. Uh, Mo told me to go and just redo my website, take some time and check it out. And exactly what I did. So blackmanonagun.com looks a little different now than it used to. Check it out. Let me know what you think. I want to give a quick shout out to Ed and to Patrick to Ann and to Scott, to Naomi, who blew my mind and hoped I'll be working with her shortly. 
to Brian and Dr. Tim. Haven't talked to him in a long time and hope to have him on the show soon. Um, we'll be talking um, to Justin. I appreciate you on Facebook. To John and Martin, Gene and Liz. Nice to meet you on Facebook as well. Big shout out to uh, Frank and my friend Pomerantz. And thanks to Cam Edwards from Cam and Company. Had me on the show a couple times and that was kind of cool. It's always cool. Big congratulations to Kalyan Noir, my brother from the West Side. He's doing well on YouTube. Check out his YouTube channel. He's doing some good stuff up there. And David and Lloyd, you guys are like family. You know I love you. Keith B., man, thank you for the well wishes. And Devin, my brother, and my niece. Love you guys. Got a surprise for you at the end. To Ron and to Michael, we'll be talking real Hey, Rob, thanks for the nagging, man. It wasn't really nagging. It was, like, thoughtful. I appreciate you, brother. And you. Didn't forget you either. Thank you for, for your well wishes, for your prayers. Homie going to be all right. First up in our interviews is Mr. Reverend Bishop E.W. Jackson. If you're in Virginia, I got a candidate for you for lieutenant governor. Check this guy out. Bishop, again, welcome back to the Urban Shooter Podcast. Thank you very much, Ken. I appreciate it. Man, you got a special message for the people of Virginia. What is it? Well, first of all, it's a message of freedom, protecting our rights. Um, one of the rights I think is, is under assault right now is our Second Amendment rights, our rights to keep and to bear arms, which our founding fathers bequeathed to us and said were inviolate. And I think those rights are being violated. That That's one. Uh, but I think that our rights in general are under assault. Our, our rights to economic freedom, property rights, being assaulted by the EPA, um, our, our right to freedom of speech and religion and conscience being violated by Obamacare, telling people that they have to give out uh, abortifacients or give out contraceptives against their consciences. Uh, and so the theme of my campaign, I'm running for lieutenant governor, the theme of my campaign is let liberty light the way. I think freedom is so key to everything that's happened that's good in this country. It's because of the freedom of individuals to work and families to work together that we've achieved such great things. And we've got to come back to those fundamentals. Amen, Doc. Amen. How can we, how can we help? How can we contribute? How can, how can we contact you? Well, look, we have a convention on May the 18th, and uh, we need every delegate who wants to support um, a, a pro-Constitution conservative, uh, a pro-Second Amendment conservative, uh, to come out and support me on May the 18th to sign up uh, in their local Republican unit to become a delegate to that convention. doesn't matter whether they're Republican or not. just matters whether they want to support me. They should go sign up, become a delegate, uh, and come to the convention on May 18th and vote for me. We have a chance to win this thing and bring a new kind of leadership to Virginia. And then, of course, we need contributions. They can go to my website at jacksonforlg.com, just like it sounds, jacksonforlg.com, and make a contribution to my campaign. They can also sign up as a delegate there. Uh, so any support they can give me, spread the word, talk to people, tell them that there's a new kind of leadership that's arising in Virginia, uh, and find out what they can about me and spread the word. All right, man. We'll do that. Thanks so much. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
All right, let's go back to SHOT Show and meet a couple of guys I met from CrusaderWeaponry.com. I'm at SHOT Show with Crusader Weaponry, and I'm talking to Joseph Chetwood and Wes Dow. Man, what's up with Crusader Weaponry? Oh, everything's up with the Crusader. Um, trying to crank out ARs, AR-10s, and everything as fast as we can. Still got some in stock? Stock, no, but uh, still taking orders. We're still getting in parts. We're still building them. Um, yeah, they're all absolute custom builds from the ground up. So whatever configuration you want, we can absolutely do it for you. What makes Crusader Weapon Tree different? I think I would start uh, just with the experience level we have coming from uh, gunsmith school into the Department of Energy, uh, working on everything from uh, M16s to belt feds to grenade launchers and bringing all the knowledge that uh, I gained there into building our ARs and, and what components should be in there and what components are fluff. Um, and then add our, uh, our slipstream treatments onto every rifle or pistol shotgun that ships and you get an AR you never have to worry about reliability with. How old is the company? We've been around since uh, 2009 and uh, working hard to grow the entire way up. The website, how we can find you? CrusaderWeaponry.com And uh, let's see. What, did, what I didn't ask that you could answer? Uh, well, everybody's probably wondering is, uh, you know, how long it takes to have one of our rifles. Right now we're running about four months build time. But uh, they are complete ground-up customs, just like Burger King. You order it the way you want it, we build it that way. Thanks, fellas. Thank you. All right. If you haven't noticed, the real reason I go to SHOT Show is to hang out with cool people. Yeah, the guns are cool and all. And you get to shoot some of them if you get a chance to go to media day. But the real piece of resistance for me is the real cool people that are in the industry, that are podcasters, that are bloggers, that are doing stuff that are not, um, you know, the kind of the new folks in the industry that I only hear about half-hazardly. And I'm really glad to meet these guys. For example, one of my newest friends runs this. TopGunReview.com It's a new site for new shooters. Helps you find the gun that fits your needs. With buying guides, rankings, and reviews. TopGunReview.com Where new shooters find their gun. Follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+. Check it out after the show. TopGunReview.com And even though I have new friends, I have some old ones that I love to see too, like Barbara Baird. Hey, Barb, where you been anyway, girl? Hey, Urban Shooter, I'm back. It's been quite a while because, quite frankly, I could not speak without coughing out a lung for two weeks after SHOT Show, and also, I went on granny nanny duty in North Carolina after the birth of our first grandson, who lives in the same town, yes, the same town that Ken's son attends college. But today I'm back, and I'm back in a big way because I'm here in the Atlanta area with a CEO, the president, the woman who is in charge of Archangel Tactical. 
and we are going to talk about alternatives to keeping safe so that you don't always go to drawing a gun when you feel threatened. Hey, Nikki Turpo. Hey, Barb. Thanks for having me back. You betcha. What are you up to these days since your trip to SHOT Show? Well, it's been very busy. I've had about nine media appearances in two months and been traveling quite a bit. Um, Our training has exponentially increased, and uh, with the increasing demand, we've been on the road a lot more, training a lot more people across the United States, so we're really excited about that. Well, that's really great, Nikki. Now, let's just talk about why in your training you don't just focus on firearms. Uh, What what are some of the other options that you like to talk to people about and train people to do? One important component is uh, that we always encourage our students to carry pepper spray with them, Um, not just because it's an alternative method, uh, because not everyone um, needs to to use a handgun to defend themselves in every situation. For example, if there's just a person who maybe might be intoxicated or, you know, just harassing you a little bit, you don't necessarily need to shoot them to get them to leave you alone, but sometimes pepper spray is a great alternative, both for for people who are an annoyance and also for animals. Um, so it's uh, it's always better to pepper spray the neighbor's dog who's off leash than to shoot them. It helps to keep your neighborly relations intact. Right. right. Now, you just finished some training with pepper spray in a, in a very good company in Las Vegas. Yes, at SHOT Show, um, Sabre Security Equipment Corporation offered a certification class. And um, they have their civilian safety awareness program, but this particular program that we were able to attend um, is their Sabre College Safety Program. So they had this initiative uh, across the United States at different universities to offer um, OC pepper spray training. And so the class teaches situational awareness and how to actually uh, correctly deploy and use these spray patterns of um, the different products that they offer. Well, that's really good. And so will you be using more of their products or have you been using their products in your classes already? Well, actually, ironically, for the last two years, um, we always talk about in our GRIP program, the I stands for invest in your protection. So when we get to that segment of the class, we make recommendations about which products for concealed carry and pepper spray and other things um, that are less lethal options, what people should utilize. And Sabre actually has one of the highest quality products on the market. You get the maximum number of sprays per canister and and a very high level of potency in the spray. So uh, they're very uh, reputable, and they're such a great company that puts a lot of research um, into their products and really stand behind them. I saw that, and I met with some of the people at Sabre with you, Nikki, and I was also impressed by the new product that they just launched called Personal Alarm. Yes, and this is another really great thing, um, particularly for students who are living on campus who may not be of an age, Um, to carry a handgun and who also, because of university rules, may not be allowed to conceal carry on campus. So particularly for dorm life and and for commuters who come into the school at early hours of the morning or leaving at the late hours Mm -hmm. of the evening, this is just another deterrent, another way that they can protect themselves. Right. It emits or gives off a loud siren-like sound. It was a 300 decibels. Yeah, it's very impressive and very startling to a potential attacker because predators don't like attention. No, they don't. Yeah, so I think it's a great price point, too. It's less than $10. Oh, I know, I know. Very affordable for college students. So how do people get their hands on Sabre products? Um, Well, they can go to saberred.com, and they can see all of the different types that are available. Um, They have them that will connect to keychains. They have them that... Uh, 
uh, actually fit around your iPhone. So mm -hmm. if you're leaving and just want to grab right. your phone and your wallet, then you can have your pepper spray handy. They have a lot that um, uh, spray in a cone. They have some that are gel and foam. They also have a Velcro kit for your home for home defense. So you can mount them um, to the door frame of your safe room and other options. So they really have such a phenomenal variety there on their website. Yeah, they do. That's quite a company. Now, how can people get in touch with you? Um, well, they can contact us through our website at www.archangeltactical.com. They can also find us on Facebook and Twitter, and uh, they can call us toll-free at 877-887-6432. Well, thank you. And I know that people might think, well, I just have to go down there to Atlanta to train with Nikki, but they don't, do they? <clears throat> no, they don't. Kind of the beauty of our, of our business model is that we're a mobile training company. So as long as we have a group of folks who are inter interested in training with us, uh, we can come to you. And uh, we teach everything from um, basic firearms instruction, intermediate, advanced, specialty weapons training, and pistol, shotgun, and carbine, home defense planning, hand-to-hand, -hand, edged weapon, expedient weapon, and also with the OC pepper spray program from Sabre. Super. We are excited to announce that Nikki Turpo of Archangel Tactical will be coming on board at womensoutdoornews.com in a big way with a column about tips for personal defense. In the meantime, please check us out, womensoutdoornews.com, and thanks, Ken. Ah, you're welcome, Barbara. Hey, this week I realized that the Freedoms Network is not really a network in the sense of funding and business, per se. It's like a prepper version of Facebook, and I say that lovingly, of course. It's like the secret hidden bunker. I was talking to Jake this week from um, Firearms Radio Network. And uh, if Facebook got all anti-gun or died a violent death, you'd have a place in freedomsnetwork.org. Business-wise, though, it's sleepy. Facebook still has a million-plus people in it, so if you're trying to get folks to find you, that might not be the spot for you. But it was created to grow blogs, podcasts, and to reach out to other patriots. It allows the admins that I have to create pages, blogs, forums, and discussion threads, as well as share pictures and audio in support of their blogs and podcasts. You know, blogging and podcasting still is the special sauce today in growing a community online. Now, I created this just in a foresight, just thinking that, you know, like, Facebook really takes your personal data, spams, and sells this stuff to millions. And I just wanted to have an alternative for anybody who didn't mind not being there or didn't want to be there but wanted to be somewhere. Well, hey. Looking at the Firearms Radio Network TV, firearmsradio.tv, I believe, that Jake Challen started, he's going to do it in more in the business aspect, and that's that might be better for some people. So if you're looking to monetize your podcast, you might want to see if it's a good fit. Maybe you can put your stuff there. Check with Jake. That's firearmsradio.tv. So Freedoms Network is basically a duplication of Facebook without the traffic. Boo, I know. But look at me. I'm kind of like the Miracle on 34th Street Chris Kringle thing right now. I want the best for you. I don't care who's doing it. I launched this thing a year ago, back in August. And I only had 100 people that jumped on right away. It's about 300 now. The site still is dependent upon the 300 that are there. The good news, though, is that the people that are there are great. And it's folks you can have a, 
you can bring home to your family. Right now, Gunfighter Cast is there. Um, Modern Self Protection is there. Slow Facts Blog is there. Armed Lutheran is there. And what I'm saying is you can take your RSS feed, put your blog or your podcast there, I'll make you admin. You can add stuff to it. You can have your own mini form right there. I'm just making a nice little community. It's a nice small little town. It's a place where you can grow and it's safe. I'll probably end up changing the name from network to something else, but it could be Freedom's Village or, I don't know, Ken's Place or something, but that's the point of it. Just wanted to let you know that if you wanted to pull your stuff out of there, you can. I won't be uh, upset. But I'm still learning this thing, still trying to help as many people as I can. And hey, it just kind of goes with the with the territory. What I am learning, though, in this whole social media space is that soon almost everybody is going to have a podcast. Almost everybody is going to have a blog and you're going to have a choice on what you listen to and what you don't. So people will come and go and you just got to make the right, uh, what do you call it, uh, content for them to stick around. The competition thought, I mean, that's like a whole different mindset. I'm not going to get off track on that, but it just in, in my day, back, back in the day when I was old, uh, back in the day, everything was more competitive. Now, the rules really don't apply. You can put your stuff out there and it can go viral or not. And it's on you. People just like what they like. And they might consume your stuff and the next person's stuff too. It's a, it's a whole different paradigm. I'm getting used to it. But it's still it's a little bit different. But saying that, there's still some a-holes out there in the world, people that you don't want to associate with, so that one you still got to watch out for because they'll pull you down. Watch out for those. What's going on, folks? This is Mr. Colon Noir, and you're listening to the Urban Shooter Podcast. Last week, I talked about American history, black history, and personal history. I think I left off around 1920 somewhere, but let me go back just a a couple clicks. Remember, I started off, I said in 1640, Virginia enacted a law prohibiting Negroes, slave and free, from carrying weapons, including clubs. That's the oldest law on the books right now. And I think it actually said, uh, let's see. That came out somewhere like 1619 from the first session of the legislature. That all such free mulattoes, Negroes, and Indians shall appear without arms. It's always been about race, ethnicity, some group you got to put down. 1712 in Virginia had an act for preventing Negro insurrections. Fancy that. And while I'm journeying through here free of charge, don't think that things have changed. Folks are now trying to make white people, Caucasians, my white brethren, are under the gun now. They're being accused of being racist, stupid, rural, redneck, country bumpkins, 
honey boo boo types. And the more successful they are at that, the more they can isolate and separate America. Don't let it happen on your watch. We are all in this together. So back to the history. In 1791, we actually got the Second Amendment to the U.S. Constitution ratified, and it read, A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Bad part was, in 1792, blacks were excluded from the militia, i.e. law-abiding males, thus instilled with the right to own guns. The Uniform Militia Act of 1792 called for the enrollment of every free, able-bodied white male citizen between the ages of 18 and 45 to be in the militia and specified that every militia member was to provide himself with a musket or firelock, a bayonet, and ammunition. See, my people couldn't do that, protect their families, who ran away to freedom without a gun. Too much slave stuff for you, right? Can't handle it. Well, in 1863, there was an Emancipation Proclamation and President Lincoln issued freeing all slaves in areas still in rebellion. But, you know, in Mississippi, like in 1865, blacks required police approval to own guns unless in the military. 1865 in Louisiana, blacks required police and employer approval to own guns unless serving in the military. 1865, the Civil War ended. Slavery was finally abolished in December 18th. 1865, the 13th Amendment abolishing slavery was ratified. But they still had the black codes. All right, let's see if this sounds familiar. In 1870, in Tennessee, the first Saturday Night Special Economic Handgun Ban was passed in the first legislative session in which they gained control. White supremacists passed an act to preserve the peace and prevent homicide, which banned the sale of all handguns except for the expensive Army and Navy model handgun which whites already owned or could afford to buy. The cheap revolvers of the late 19th and early 20th centuries were referred to as suicide specials or Saturday night specials. Saturday night special was emphasized because it was cheap and being sold to a particular class of people. In 1879, that bill was passed. Tennessee revamped its economic handgun ban nine years later, passing an act to prevent the sale of pistols. Happened again in Arkansas. In Alabama. All right. And then in 1902 in South Carolina was the first total civilian handgun ban. The state banned all pistol sales except to sheriffs and their special deputies. Sounds like a law enforcement only, right? Which included the Ku Klux Klan and company strongmen. Hmm. In 1906 in Mississippi, they enacted their first registration law for retailers in 1906, requiring them to maintain records of all pistol and pistol ammunition sales and to make such records available for inspection upon demand. Texas had one. 1907 was their Saturday night special ban. In New York, in 1911, they had the Sullivan Law. Unpopular minorities were and are routinely denied permits. New York still is a tough place, but Donald Trump has one and so does some of the Rockefellers. Now, I talked about this on a past podcast, but in 1925, Dr. Ossian Sweet moved into an all-white suburb in Detroit, Michigan. The police failed to restrain the mob that threatened his home and his family, and somebody got killed. Dr. Sweet and his family were charged with first-degree murder. 
and he was later acquitted after a lengthy trial by, by a famous lawyer by the name of Clarence Darrow. And don't forget, during this time was World War I. W.E.B. Du Bois, an African-American intellectual whose call for racial equality marked him as a radical thinker of the time, strongly supported the war. But the patriotism of African-American soldiers was not recognized or rewarded by white military commanders as they deserved. For example, the public and private remarks of General John Pershing, commander of the American Expeditionary Force in Europe, exposed often hypocritical toward African-Americans among many white Americans of the 20th century. He wrote, we must not eat with them, must not shake hands with them, seek to talk to them or to meet them outside the requirements of military service. We must not commend too highly these troops, especially in front of white Americans. And that's from a quote of uh, General Blackjack Pershing around 1918, but also a secret communique concerning the troops to a French military station with the American army. He said, I cannot commend too highly the spirit shown among the colored combat troops who exhibit fine capacity for quick training and eagerness for the most dangerous work. Despite institutionalized prejudice, hundreds of thousands of African Americans fought in the U.S. military during World War I, even though my kin did not reap the benefits of this democracy. So central to the rhetoric of World War I, many still chose to support a nation that denied them full citizenship. There were all black infantry divisions, like the 93rd, and they got praised in France. They served in France's 4th Army. And I am sure that my name being Blanchard had something to do with it. Just don't have any records of when it changed and how it got there. But there's some French in me somewhere. Well, these troops, when they came home after fighting for liberty, fighting for their country, being trained in arms, having successfully fought, they were a threat back home. Yes, they were. They brought home their military-style firearms. They had been treated as free people in Europe, and some didn't come back. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Now, let me throw in some ugliness as we keep on going. During this time, there was a whole bunch of issues going on. After the Reconstruction, People who blamed African-Americans for their own wartime hardships, economic loss, and loss of social privilege got pretty crazy. White supremacy was huge. And for the record, anybody that would give you a gun, hand you a handgun, hand you a rifle at the range, is your brother. Anybody who would try to take it away from you is not your friend. The Tuskegee Institute recorded that over Almost like 3,500 blacks and 1,300 whites were lynched between 1882 and 1968. Lynching. Mob violence. All based on black laws, on fear, on craziness. And if you want to know a real political wrinkle, it was the Republicans who tried to pass an anti-lynching law. The Democrats were the main culprits of it. Black people, African Americans, didn't become Democratic until after FDR and in mass after Kennedy assassination. But before that, for the most part, we were all Republican. The National Association for the Advancement of Colored People 
as well as other numerous organizations organized to support from both white and black Americans a national campaign to stop lynching. In 1920, the Republican Party promised at its national convention to support the passage of such a law. Leonidas C. Dyer sponsored the anti-lynching bill in 1921. It was passed in 1922 in the U.S. House of Representatives, but it was a Senate filibuster by a Southern white Democrat that successfully defeated any attempts to change the lynching laws. It's a wonder. World War II popped up, and uh, black troops and members of my family fought also in World War II. And the uncle said they had a, a double V victory. It's a victory against the enemy and a victory against the enemy at home. The enemy at home was, of course, racism, discrimination, prejudice, and Jim Crow. Though it was tough, my family fought in many of the wars. Despite orders from President Harry Truman in 1948 to integrate the U.S. military, black soldiers were still kept separate until the Korean War, which lasted until 1953. The Marine Corps was the last to integrate. I remember when I joined in 1979, I believe it was, I signed a paper. My family went crazy. They said, don't do it. They'll kill you. All had served in the Navy, the Air Force, and the Army. Only one uncle, the meanest, the toughest of them all, was a Marine. He was also the first uncle that took me fishing. So you see where how much influence he had, right? Well, after World War II, we had even more Negroes with guns. We had folks with issues. They were prideful. They were not going to be stepping, fetching it anymore. So there was a lot of issue. A lot of people in my family lost teeth, got stuck in work camps, went to jail. A couple of them actually died because we had a little rowdy bunch. And that whole post-war era was marked with energy with this new civil rights era. And it started around the Brown decision in 1954. Got hyped up again with the Civil Rights Act of 1964. There was all kind of stuff going on. There was resistance to racial segregation. There was demonstrations. There was civil disobedience, nonviolent resistances. There were marches and protests, boycotts, freedom rides. There were rallies. And it got on everything. It was the media hot thing at the time. And folks thought it would pass. They actually did. I had those in my family who were not real proud of the rebellious side of our family. Why can't y'all just get along? And that was just like the racial argument that was going on nationally. There was the W.E. Du Bois side of integration. And then there was the Booker T. Washington of segregation. Separate but equal. And then there's another part of my family that's just plain militant. They became Nation of Islam. They lived in New York. Man, we had some great family reunions. The arguments were like the United Nations. And we'll continue on next week. All right, how am I, how am I doing? Am I doing okay? See, what I want to do is I want to make that actual segment just like that on video. I want to actually have you see me and have this thing on the internet so folks can 
can get into it. See, right now, you're like the only one who knows about Ken Blanchard, the black man with a gun, and what I'm trying to do. But I figure I'll put that thing on video, man. Might help somebody. It might help somebody in your family actually understand where we've come from. I call it the American Gun Owner Project. I got a Google Plus name, so there's a link on blackmanwithagun.com in the right-hand corner, top of the page, for Google Plus. If you hit that, subscribe. I'm trying to build the numbers there, and I'm actually working with a, a beautiful brother to help me direct and film this thing for YouTube web series. I just spent a couple hundred dollars or more actually on a new camera, a backdrop, and some lights. And I'm going to get him to kind of help me out with storyboarding and not to be confused with waterboarding, storyboarding and composition, making sure everything is tight. I got a Kickstarter program just to fund a little bit of money and it's more motivation than anything else. I need your support. And I'm asking if you could just give a dollar. That's all. I'm not asking for much. Help me out. Look for that Kickstarter program. Black Man with a Gun is a link to it on the show notes for episode number 308. And after I get the momentum going, we're going to branch out to cable television. But I want to get the word out there. I want to get the numbers up. I want to actually get the same folks that listen to me now see me. And I'm not going to just be a talking head. I'm going to actually go out and do some shooting. I got some great friends in this industry. And I want to get them on camera. And it's a lifestyle show. It's different than anything that's out there right now. I'm sure, though, as I talk about it and try to advertise for this thing, somebody's going to pick up on it and run with it. But there's only one me. So hopefully, me can get this thing going. But me can't do it without you. So... Help me out. Kickstarter.com. Look for Black Man with a Gun. Look for the link on episode number 308. And hit me on Google Plus for the American Gun Owner Project. And we'll get this thing done. Got a news flash that Armed American Radio is continuing to do well in the world in terrestrial radio. Our host and friend and brother, Mark Walter, said that this is a major accomplishment that in only 3.5 years of his nationally syndicated show, he is now on talk stream list of the top 100. He comes in at number 76. The Armed American Radio now airs in hundreds of markets across America from Florida to Alaska every Sunday evening from 8 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and 5 to 8 Pacific. And that's just too cool, man. Congrats to our friend and brother, Mark Walters, and his show, Armed American Radio. In Johannesburg, South Africa, Olympic and Paralympic track star Oscar Pistorius, known as the Blade Runner, or Ting Ting, for his racing prosthetics, was charged on Thursday for murdering his girlfriend at his home in Pretoria, South Africa. Police said they had opened a murder case after the 30-year-old woman was found shot to dead, shot dead at the scene of Ups Market, Silver Lake's gated community on the outskirts of the capital. And that's just a dergone shame. This guy had a lot going for him and obviously didn't have that going for him. Right on Valentine's Day, of course, makes it all worse. Murder is bad. 
always has been, always will be, and it's a definitely a symptom of a bigger problem of a lack of morality in our in our world. Actually, can't even say it in our country, in our world. And now, update on Christopher Dorner, the target of the largest manhunt in Los Angeles Police Department history. He was in a shootout in uh, Tuesday afternoon, and he is suspected of killing at least three people and wounding several others in a rampage that has lasted more than a week. And he was up in the San Bernardino Mountains, where a man thought to be Mr. Dorner was reportedly surrounded by officers after an exchange of gunfire. And in the realm of a Waco house, they just burned that bad boy down. And right now, they don't know for sure. If the body they found all burned out beyond recognition is exactly the guy. So it's going to be the subject of a lot of urban legends and ghosts and stories. Probably can make a nice movie out of it that uh, he's not really dead. He's still in the mountain somewhere. Blah, blah, blah. Supposedly tear gas set fire to the cabin where he was having a shootout at and it burned that joker down. And they found a driver's license that might be his. Though I don't wish him harm, I do hope it stops what's happening in California. Folks are on edge. Radio stations are making prank phone calls. They're spending tons of money looking for this whack job. And man, it really sets the country on edge. They're going to use the fact that he was a a veteran and a law enforcement officer and had mental problems. And he was black and all that is going to get tied into the fact that he murdered some people. And that's the bottom line. Murder is still wrong. And that's the news for this week. Episode number 308. Hey, I was just thinking, if they put that guy with the uh, prosthetic limbs in jail, they're going to have to take his legs away because he can escape. He can bounce over the fence or kick somebody real hard with the metal legs. So they're going to put him in like, I don't know, take away his stuff so he can just be like really short running around. He can't hurt nobody. Ron, welcome to the Urban Shooter Podcast. Oh, thanks for having me again. And tell me about your blog and what you do. Well, uh, about a year ago, I started uh, When the Balloon Goes Up as a blog at balloongoesup.com to focus on uh, concealed carry, home defense, 72-hour preparedness, and a little bit of competition. So basically, we focus on everything from the preparation to a critical incident for the first 72 hours after it. And then uh, about six months ago, uh, we opened up a store that's associated with the blog that carries many of the same type of items from Crimson Trace, Comtac, Warren Tactical, and a lot of other you know, well-known brands. How's that going for you? It's slow. Um, as we're you know, just getting everything started, uh, you know, things could definitely be faster. But overall, I'm really happy with it. I'm getting a, a great response from everybody that sees the store, sees the way it's laid out. And um, I think they see what we're doing. We're only carrying items that I would personally recommend somebody use. So we don't carry everybody's holster. We carry bits and pieces of many different lines uh, in order to to fill the niche. You got a background in uh, web stuff? Um, Sort of. Uh, I started teaching web design back in 1995. Oh, wow. When I was in college, it was one of the things that I did on the side is, you know, a bit of consulting as well as uh, teaching within the school. 
Um, but I got my undergrad as a triple major in marketing, finance, and international business. Hmm. And while I was there, I took the, the advertising series as well. So I'm using a lot of those uh, same principles as we're putting the store together. And then uh, when I got my MBA, I got it in operations and logistics management, which, of course, is the, the supply side and the delivery side of actually being able to provide the product. So I'm finally using all of my education. You say you do a lot of concealed carry stuff. What's your carry gun? Uh, well, I carry one of two. Uh, typically, I have a, a service model that would be a, a Glock 19. Uh, I carry in a Comtac MTAC holster. And then uh, I also have an M&P shield that uh, I used to carry in an MTAC, and right now I'm doing a big test on appendix carry. So there's seven or eight different appendix carry holsters that I'm working with. You former military or law enforcement? No, my, my father is a retired law enforcement officer in uh, Columbus, Ohio. And uh, a lot of the, the background I have as far as just understanding human nature and uh, that comes from him. But uh, a lot of the knowledge as far as uh, gear and some of the reviews we do is, is just really thinking through the design of the product. So you're like just a regular guy that you'd be probably a, a nice person to live next to. Up until about um, 18 months ago, I was an uh, executive in a procurement consulting company. So yeah, I'm about as regular guy as they get. Oh, man, that's cool. Not not the average knuckle-dragon, stereotypical gun guy that people talk about sometimes. Uh, no, not at all. I mean, I even married a pediatrician. See, how nice is that? I recommend it if you can do it. <laughs> yeah, man, especially if you love them. Oh, yeah, that makes, it, that makes it even better. My wife and I have been together 15 years, been married for 12. Got kids? We have two. We have a, uh, a seven-year-old son and a five-year-old daughter, kindergarten and first grade. Go ahead, Big Daddy. Good, good on you, man. What you got planned for Valentine's Day? I'll probably be pretty low-key. Um, my wife's birthday is uh, at the end of the month, so we kind of wrap the two things together. Yeah, make Valentine's Day every day, and it's no big deal. What's, what's, working, what's the newest thing for when the balloon goes up? What you, what you working on next? Uh, well, we have a couple of product, projects going on right now. One is the appendix carry test that I mentioned. Is that a video? Think, what? Is that on video or... Uh, no, basically what I'm doing is going through the process of identifying what appendix carry is, explaining to people why they may use, choose to use it and some of the, the things that keep it being for more accepted than it is. Mm-hmm. And then I have uh, six or seven different holsters that I'm going to break down the construction of, explain why they're good for carry, some of the different features that are on each of them, uh, and explain what you would look for as you're looking for an appendix holster. And then towards the end of the test, I'm going to talk about some of the things that uh, you should do in order to uh, have successful appendix carry and then make a recommendation at the end of the test. At least one of the holsters that we're doing, we're going to actually start carrying in the store. So it's sort of putting our money where the mouth is as a recommendation. Nice, nice. Um, I've got a a long series that's going to be focused on using long guns for home defense. Uh, I've done some stuff on shotguns in the past. But uh, I'm actually on um, the shooting gallery in March with Michael Bain. Mm-hmm. So I'm, as we're leading up into that, I'm going to be doing some discussion about uh, using long guns as far as ARs for home defense. Uh, talk about what I did to set up mine, um, how you can actually set the length of pull, what you should look for when you're looking for a sling, different techniques that you would use inside the house. 
And then we're also putting in some pieces of leather lever guns because uh, of all the stuff that was going on in New York. Uh, the AR is a is a p- potential that it's not going to be uh, the preferred platform for much of the U.S. So looking at another option that's not being as heavily targeted. Smart. Uh, and then we have another piece on using red dot optics uh, on pistols. So I've been working with Trigicon to uh, get a, a new RMR. Uh, they've been in the process of ruggedizing them even a little bit further than they were before. I'm going to have that mounted on one of my Glock 19s, and I'm going to carry it for probably six months and give it a real test of how you would carry it, how you, how you would learn to use it, the learning curve and moving from iron sights to the red dot. Uh, and want to do some pieces on shooting it in competition. Uh, yeah, we've got a lot going on. Uh, basically, we put uh, one or two posts on each of those topics up each week. Um, and then we've been doing a lot and trying to get some additional guest posts in order to get some more voices on. Because if it's just me all the time, uh, the learning sort of doesn't go two ways. So I've been trying to get uh, more folks to guest post. And then we just started the podcast as well. Yeah, so so tell everybody about the podcast and how they can reach you. Well, the uh, the podcast is brand new. Um, episode four with uh, Ken Blanchard will be uh, going up on the 25th of February. Um, before that, we have uh, uh, George Hill and Julie Golub and Randy Rogers and then uh, Ken in episode four. Uh, that is available on iTunes. Look up uh, When the Balloon Goes Up. And then you can reach the store, the podcast, or the blog, all at balloongoesup.com. See? Just like that. Good on you, buddy. Yeah, thank you very much. Well, congratulations on your success, and thank you for being a part of the show. And I look forward to hearing and watching you do great things, my man. Oh, well, I've been watching you for a while, so I hope I can uh, give you some entertainment. (laughs) I'm still learning this thing. Thanks so much, dude. No problem. plan to try something in the next few episodes or until you say please stop or please continue your choice one of my favorite storytellers is the perhaps ethiopian storyteller aesop who used animals and inanimate objects to give us morals of stories lessons to learn The Stag and the Fawn A fawn once said to a stag, How is it that you, who are so much bigger and stronger and fleeter than a dog, are in such a fright when you behold one? If you stood your ground and used your horns, I should think the hounds would fly from you. I have said that to myself, little one, over and over again, replied the stag, and made up my mind to act upon it. But yet, No sooner do I hear the voice of a dog than I am ready to jump out of my skin. The moral of the story. No argument will give courage to a coward. Hey, what you think? You can tell me. Hey, I heard last week that uh, 
one of the legislators wanted to to ban magazines, and they, they're kind of going crazy with that magazine ban. So I said, well, you can ban the Oprah magazine, you can ban Martha Stewart's magazine, you can ban uh, People magazine, TV Guide, I have no use for it, and Vogue, they can go. And they said, oh, no, no, we're talking about guns. I said, well, you can, you can also ban the cartoon fish bubble gum, and you can uh, ban the coil-style nail gun. Yeah. That won't stop crime, just like your proposals won't either. But I got pictures of what I propose to be banned on episode number 308 on the show notes. So check it out. And if somebody asks you, what shall we ban? If we have to ban something, give them the same list. Hey, and don't forget to support those who help support me. Crossbreedholsters.com and NovaArmament.com are my major supporters for this show. Give a shout out to BuyOurBarrels.com, to TopGunReview.com. And if you need a little help advertising what you have, I got a rate that'll fit you. That's it for now. Hold on to your hat. Check this out. Yeah, it's time to go, y'all. Thought I'd leave a little different this time. Being with you is my favorite righteous thing. Uh-huh. And I can't wait till I'm able to see you again. Uh-huh. I wanna put on my, 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 my boogie shoes and boogie with you. Yeah. I wanna put on my, 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 my boogie shoes boogie with you. I wanna do it till the sun comes up. Uh-huh. I wanna do it till we can't uh, get enough. Uh huh. I wanna put on my 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 boogie shoes and boogie with you. You wanna do that with me? Come on. This is the Urban Shooter Podcast. This is your host Ken Blanchard. I'm so glad you decided to join me one more time. If there's anything I can do for you, please call me at 888-675-0202. My email address is blackmanwithagun at gmail.com. Please follow the show notes at blackmanwithagun.com. You can find me on Facebook and Twitter. Feel free to share this with somebody. And, of course... Give me a nice review on iTunes. Until the next week, till the next time, till the next opportunity. Shalom, baby.